Welcome to A to Z Sports Powered by BetMGM. I'm Austin Stanley. He is Zach Bingham. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at A to Z Sports and you like our Facebook page at A to Z Sports Nashville. We're Nashville's on-demand sports talk network and we go live every weekday morning at 8 central time. We got to make sure we thank our sponsors because they make it happen for our show and for you guys. Renters Warehouse Nashville, the professional landlords in the Nashville area at renterswarehouse.com. Man, do the pulse of fitness where one 15-minute workout equals five-plus hours in the weight room at mandu.com. Your first workout's free. Uh, Wilson County Hyundai for your brand new or new or previously owned vehicle, wilsoncountyhyundai.com. Calvin and Subtle for your brand new hardwood floors and finishings, calvinandsubtle.com. And the Bone and Joint Institute, boneandjointtn.org, the region's destination for comprehensive orthopedic and sports medicine care. So Steven says UCF is probably thrilled. Uh, Jeff Rubel says UCF got a major upgrade uh, coming as Gus Malzahn officially hired as the UCF coach to replace Josh Heupel as Josh Heupel hires his defensive coordinator, Tim Banks, yesterday uh, as the Tennessee Vols head coach. I said this when Tennessee fired Jeremy, well, really, before Tennessee fired Jeremy Pruitt, that they should go out and fire Jeremy Pruitt because they have a, you know, no competition in Power 5 football of hiring a coach, and you have options available like Gus Malzahn and Tom Herman. I thought Tennessee should go after those guys, and I like the idea of Gus Malzahn, but Tennessee hires Josh Heupel, and Josh Heupel's ex-school hires Gus Malzahn. So what are your initial feelings about seeing the Gus bus travel down to Orlando? Well, it's like you've heard stories, or at least I have. Maybe this happens in southern states more than northern states. I don't know. Maybe it happens all around uh, the country. I've known two different people that have made the the girlfriend switch. Their buddy was dating another girl, then they started dating them and back and forth. That's kind of what it seems like. It's like, well, what's going on here? Now, Josh Heupel, it makes sense of what Tennessee did with Josh Heupel. Gus Malzahn... And UCF, this is more about UCF. UCF is a stepping stone, isn't it? Like, it has become, since Scott Frost has had those type of uh, – Yeah, but that's that, only that been name, like that years. notoriety. Yeah, it's been two two coaches have been able to get prestige, old prestigious jobs, Nebraska and Tennessee, and we'll see what – Scott Frost hasn't done much with that yet. But yeah, but ahead. UCF's reputation, I kind of compare it to, like, back in the day, Boise State – Right, quite, Con- consistency. But, yeah. Well, consistency and playing well and 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 continuously winning eight to nine games and building up that reputation. Now, that one big year that they had, where they're undefeated and they claim national champions, which is ridiculous. It's great PR. It got them uh, notoriety. But look, UCF got a really good head coach in Gus Malzahn. And Gus Malzahn, this is not his final destination by any means, but this is a good destination for a coach who was fired by Auburn because it just kind of wore out, right? I mean, isn't that why Auburn got tired of the Gus bus and they wanted to get off of that? And Gus Malzahn finds a good job down in Florida. This is a good stepping stone because here in a couple of years, Gus Malzahn is going to be a notable name to Maybe. be hired as a at a big time school, or he'll be like Charlie Strong, who's next door in Tampa at USF, uh, who got fired from Texas and is just doing average at USF and able to uh, continue having a job there. I, we don't know what this means for Gus Malzahn. We've seen big name coaches get fired and go to other schools, and 
not do anything. Like Kevin Sumlin was awful at Arizona after getting fired from Texas A&M. There's other, other guys out there. Les Miles is currently struggling at Kansas, which Kansas is a much more difficult situation than UCF. UCF are better than both of those jobs. Yeah, I, I don't disagree, but Gus Malzahn has had college football catch up to him a bit. He used to be ahead of the curve with his offense, and then he was just the same thing. Like Everybody else caught up to what Gus Malzahn wanted to do offensively, and he was being carried uh, by his defense, led by Kevin Steele, who officially not getting the Vols defensive coordinator with him hiring Tim Banks. We'll talk about the process of how Tim Banks landed in Knoxville uh, later on in the show. But Gus Malzahn, here's how I thought beat about Alabama Gus. a few times. Not Yo, many people have done three. that. He's beaten Nick Saban three times. I don't think anybody else has beaten him as many times. Q Freeze has two. Uh, Ed Orgeron's got one. Les Miles probably has a couple, but I, I think three is the most. Dabo, against Dabo's got. Dabo's got a couple, maybe. Two. I forget. Uh, but anyway, uh, Gus Malzahn would have been the most qualified head coach hired by at Tennessee since Philip Fulmer. That would have been true. Is him by, hired at by Tennessee, potentially, he would be more qualified than Kiffin, Dooley, Butch, and Pruitt because of what he's been able to do uh, in the SEC. Recruit well, win games, win a national championship. Now, nearly a decade ago, yes. Uh, but Gus Malzahn would have absolutely been the most qualified guy Tennessee could have hired. Well, he won a, a national championship as offensive coordinator. He lost one as a head coach. Yeah, you're, you're right. My bad. Went to a national championship. Uh, you're correct there with Nick Marshall offense. So, Zach, let's get to this question because I, I do find this interesting and I have no idea what your thoughts. We have not discussed our feelings on this question a single bit other than we both acknowledge it's a good question and very interesting. Here's the question. Who would have a higher ceiling at Tennessee? Josh Heupel or Gus Malzahn? Who would have a higher ceiling as the Vols head coach? Would it be Heupel or Malzahn? But first, let me tell you guys about Renters Warehouse, the professional landlords in the Nashville area. Renterswarehouse.com is where to go to find out how much your home can rent for. There are so many different ways you can use Renters Warehouse to your benefit, create extra cash flows for you and your family that can become long-term equity, which means long-term wealth. Or if you're currently renting, you want a new situation, RentersWarehouse.com has incredible inventory of bigger and smaller homes for you to rent out uh, in the Middle Tennessee area. RentersWarehouse.com is where to go. A to Z Sports, don't forget BetMGM had uh, Austin. We both had a little success over the weekend. Actually, uh, this past weekend, I went over. I had a lot oh. of last week was a big week. Last week I turned a hundred into seven hundred, uh, but then uh, I lost ninety five over the weekend. So you know, still hanging, still still looking really good. But the weekend uh, was a uh, bad weekend for me. But go ahead. I don't see how the Heat can lose to the damn Clippers when the Clippers aren't playing with Paul George or Kawhi Leonard. I don't understand that. But that's that's a me problem. Yep. But. It also can be a you solution for BetMGM. Code A to Z Sports. We got A to Z Sports picks coming up at two o'clock with Alan Bell and Vegas Insider Brian Edwards. Both of those guys know their stuff. It. I look. I personally, yes, Austin. I we we created the show with them, but I love this show. It is very informative. They teach you strategies on how to bet, and is presented by BetMGM. When you sign up. 
code A to Z sports. They've got a deal for you. Make sure you use that code A T O Z sports when you do. Yeah. So, uh, and, and here's the problem with me. I didn't watch the either show last week with Alan O'Brien. I got busy. So I, I need to watch today so I can week. get back on it. That's why I went over over the weekend. Okay. The question is, who would you rather, uh, who, who would have a higher ceiling at Tennessee, Josh Heupel or Gus Malzahn? I'll go ahead and read some comments. Who has the higher ceiling at Tennessee? Nick says Heupel. Rob says Gus. We're not talking about Gus at UCF. We're talking about both guys at Tennessee's there, Jeff. Uh, Steven says Josh Heupel has a higher ceiling. So it's Chuck. Uh, Doug saying Gus. Uh, Rob says Heupel hasn't coached at this level. Uh, Jeff says Heupel is too much of an unknown to be an average at a best program. Uh, Brent says Heupel higher ceiling. Gus safe for higher. Nick Martinez saying Heupel has a higher ceiling. Chad says Gus couldn't get it done at Auburn recently. Why would that have been different at UT? Doesn't bring in a guy who has done better at a smaller school. Uh, makes sense? Sure. Uh, Captain Kronk says he whiffed on the Daytona 500. Me too in the gambling world at BetMGM. Colton says Heupel has a higher ceiling. He also has a better chance of completely failing. Zach Reagan, uh, our Vols writer, says Gus would recruit better and he's finally not going to have the Auburn A athletic department meddling with how he approaches offense. Interesting. Nick says Gus reached his ceiling without changes to his offense philosophy. College football will pass him. Uh, let's see. Ethan Ramsey says Hypo has a higher ceiling because uh, Tennessee hasn't, we haven't seen it yet. We know Gus's ceiling. Mark says Hypo ceiling is higher. He can per- perfect his offense over time, whereas Gus will already have high expectations if he came to Tennessee. Zach, how do you feel? Austin, you did you did you mention Mean Dean Ward's comment? I, I, no, the the comments jumped oh, on me. Oh well, he says skin. Clark Lee. He's going to anchor down. Yeah, he's going because, a different way. Yeah, from this. Because that makes zero sense. It would Clark Lee have a high ceiling at Tennessee? I have no idea. <laughs> you didn't want to put that one as an. I option? didn't. I honestly didn't see it. <laughs> oh, casually, conveniently. No, I really, I really I, did. I get it. I get it. Well, so here's the facts, guys. The answer to this is not Josh Heupel. I think Josh Heupel is the correct hire for Tennessee for what they are. But when it comes to ceiling, it's Gus Malzahn. I mean, don't be stupid. He was six and four, and uh, and look, Auburn in a 2020 COVID year is six and four. That does not meet expectations of Auburn. But prior to this. Tennessee would sell their soul and their left leg to be nine and four, eight and five, ten and four, eight and five, seven and six, eight and five, twelve and two. They would do anything for that. That tells me that Gus, if he's able to achieve that in the SEC West. Now, let me under, let me clarify that the SEC West is very difficult. Auburn does get really good players and they have competed very well with Alabama over the years. As we've referenced that he's beaten Nick Saban three different times. Gus Malzahn and Austin, you and I both said this weeks ago before Hypel was hired is Gus Malzahn would be a great hire for Tennessee. That was kind of our number one guy. It went Gus. It went Gus Malzahn. Then it went Tom Herman and then it went Jamie Chadwell of Coastal Carolina. That was our three. We were aligned on that. So the answer here, I just read you the records of Gus Malzahn. Tennessee is just trying to, to get to seven, eight wins. And that's what Gus Malzahn has proven that he can do. After that, then the expectations go up. 
It's a crapshoot what Josh Heupel could be. I do think Josh Heupel. I do think Josh Heupel is a better hire than Jamie Chadwell would have been. Jamie Chadwell probably would have brought in more. Why didn't you put him on your list? Well, I didn't. You can't say that now. That's two face. I mean, I I, well, I didn't. Josh Heupel. I wasn't you can't say that say. now. I mean, you you just can't do that. That is too what? hindsight. I absolutely, I absolutely can't. Jamie Chadwell has zero power, zero power five experience. Where Josh Heupel has led SEC offense to being the number one offense in the league at Missouri in back to back years. So Josh Heupel has a more put him a, on your list. I, I didn't think about it. I didn't. I did not think Josh Heupel was an option for Tennessee. It never cropped up on my radar. Jamie Chadwell would have been a better sell to the fan base because he would have been more exciting because of what the Chanticleers just did this past fall uh, in, in their conference at a much lower level. But I do think Heupel makes more sense because he's more proven than Jimmy Chadwell. That's the only point I was going to make uh, in that argument there. But yeah, Gus Malzahn more proven and more qualified than Josh Heupel to be an SEC head coach. I think here's how I break this down because we're asking the question who would have a higher ceiling at Tennessee, Gus Malzahn or Josh Heupel? I think for the if you're talking about the long play, Josh Heupel has a higher ceiling, but it's going to take a lot of patience and good luck to get there. And does Tennessee have patience? No. No. Does Tennessee have good luck? Hell no. no. So, so, but Gus Malzahn would have had more immediate success at Tennessee because he's more of a proven recruiter in the SEC. He's got the wins over Saban on the wall. He's got a lot of success in the Southeastern Conference to show immediately and could have been able to put together, you know, an eight-win season in two years, right, in year two. Where for Josh Heupel, I think it's trying to – see where you're at in year two. If you're around 500, you keep trucking along because it's a bigger transition. And especially with Tennessee need more immediate success. Uh, (laughs) Come on. What is it? Well, not necessarily, not necessarily because immediate success, you don't know what that gives you because this NCAA sanction, this potential bowl ban might happen. We have no idea when that's going to be settled. That's why they need immediate success, Austin. You've just answered the question. They need immediate success that will completely cover up the violations that they'll have to accrue and they'll get better players I think because they are an eight to nine win team right out of the gate instead of a three or four win team. Well, and I don't want to go to a three or four win team. I'd rather do something else because Tennessee won't get me to the NFL. Sure. So I, I do think in the long run. So what is your final answer? My final answer is that what I said, Josh Heupel long-term has a higher ceiling because I do think Gus Malzahn has hit his and is on a d- slight decline as a power five SEC head coach. What's I Gus think, Malzahn's c- ceiling? At, at Tennessee, I think Gus Malzahn's ceiling was like nine or 10 wins. And I think Josh Heupel's is, is a game 11? higher than that. 10. I, I said this back. You said 9 or 10, so higher than that would be 11. I think Josh Heupel can win 10 games at Tennessee. I think, Gus Malzahn, I think Gus Malzahn would most likely get to 9 and teeter out there, maybe a, a meaningless bull win to get him to 10. I think the absolute max is Gus Malzahn, like a 10-3 and three season. I think Josh Heupel could get to a 10-2 lose a bowl game. Yeah, I, I, I'm not talking like in the next three years, next four years. 
again, long term, I'm saying Josh Heupel, like five years down the road, when I am 30, oh, I'm, I'm closer to 40 than 30. I, that's what I'm talking about right now. It, but I'm currently I, 30. I, I understand what you're saying, but I that's think, the question that we're asking. I think is, it's ridiculous, though, right? Like, yeah, we are asking ceiling, fair, yes, right? That's but what you're I'm talking about. you're living in a mansion, right? They're, they don't have eleven foot ceilings. Like, like, what do you like? I, 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 Tennessee historically, like, that's not my ceiling. Like, I, I don't think what I is, think Tennessee what is, is going Malzahn's to Gus Malzahn's ceiling, huh? Where does Gus Malzahn's ceiling? I think Gus Malzahn, if you look at what he has done, look at at Auburn, he had a twelve win season right out of the gate. And he had a 10-win season when he lost the Peach Bowl in 2017. So his ceiling at Auburn was 10 games. I think at Tennessee is probably nine. And Heupel, I think, is probably seven or eight. I mean, ceiling? Let, you, think, let's, you think Josh Heupel's ceiling at Tennessee is seven or eight? With a bowl win, he could get to nine? Okay, so his ceiling's nine. Yeah, That's, with a bowl win, okay. Gus Malzahn so, could possibly get to ten. So we're basically flipped. I think. Yeah, well, yeah I'm just, I'm just a little further behind. You're, you were talking about in the ten to possibly eleven range, which I think is ridiculous. I'm, again, I'm talking like holy, like five, six years down the road. Yeah, Josh I don't Heupel, think that. I don't think in five or six years that's going to happen. Well, I, again, in reality. If Tennessee hired Gus, he probably wouldn't be around in five to six years. If Tennessee Tennessee ha- hiring Heupel, I think has him around five what, or six. You, years. What makes you think Heupel is going to be around in, in that amount of time? Well, Tennessee th- does not keep coaches. Okay, it's history. It's factual. You said it yourself even before we started this conversation. You said they don't have two two things. They got bad luck and they're impatient. So what makes you think people with bad luck and that are impatient all of a sudden change into having good luck and having patience? Well, Butch Jones did have a top three SEC offense in back-to-back years uh, and with Josh They had Dobbs. bad luck and they were impatient with Butch Jones, right? Okay. I mean, they, they're the same way every time. So what makes you think that's going to change, Austin? you got to take those glasses off. You said Heupel to I'll, 10 I'll to 11? You, I'll, I'll, t- I, I'll tell you why I think that changes, because they actually have a, a really good athletic director. I think Danny White is what gives me confidence in this. So that that's where I, I go. I thought John Curry was going to be good when he was hired. Come on. Uh, uh, no. Yes. Was, oh, my. You did not think that John Curry was a terrible hire when he was hired. I remember we were doing I, a show I, then. Zach, I thought they should. I, I said so many times that David Blackburn was the obvious hire for Tennessee. <laughs> what happened with him? He didn't get the job. And, and then what he, happened? What happened to he, his career? He resigned from UTC after he didn't get the job because he put all of his eggs in that Tennessee AD basket. That's so he didn't do very well. John with his Curry, Zach, John Curry was a disaster. At I Tennessee. know what he was, but you didn't think that when he was hired. That's what I'm saying. I, I said after John Curry was hired that David Blackburn should have gotten the guy, should have been the guy. And then J- David Blackburn's uh, all of what he did, his actions after that, are I'm questionable. Not- Yes, because he didn't get the job. I'm not like advocating for what David Blackburn has been doing the last. And that's what I'm telling you. What does that matter? (laughs) What does that matter? All right, because you, you, of course, you're going to always think that the new guy is going to be better, right? Because of what they came from. They just came from Philip Former and John Curry as reference, and Philip Former was not an athletic director. All I'm saying is, I think your ceiling tab for Tennessee is a bit high. That's my point. All right, so you think. 
Heupel's ceiling is nine wins at Tennessee. And I think Gus's ceiling at Tennessee would have been nine wins. I think Heupel's is one win more. I think Heupel can get through 10. You said and, Gus could win nine to 10 games. Okay. Go back yes. and listen to what I know. Look, that. I have to listen to what you say, bro. I have to. And you said nine to 10 wins for Gus Malzahn. Yes. And I think Heupel's is slightly higher than that. So that would be 11. I think, I think 10 wins is probably both, but I think, I, I think Gus Malzahn has to get a meaningless bowl. I think, okay. Regular season. Okay. Regular season. I, I, I got to figure out what you're game. saying, man. Okay, I, cause I, that's say why it. I hold you accountable. We do this. I feel like every show, when I listen to what you say, I repeat what you say and you say, no, that's not what I completely meant. Okay. Here's my regular season wins, okay? Gus Malzahn, nine and three, Josh Heupel, 10 and two. Because Josh Heupel has an evolving offense where Gus Malzahn has a stagnant offense. Josh Heupel can develop quarterbacks. Gus Malzahn, name the quarterback he's developed. Name name the quarterback Ten. that, huh? Who, Gus Malzahn? Yes, name the quarterback that Gus Malzahn has developed. Well, as an offense coordinator, he developed Cam Newton. <laughs> You know, Cam Newton was there for one year. Cam Newton did not get developed at Auburn. Cam Newton was a freak beast at, okay, at, at Auburn. Okay, okay, I, I get what you're saying. <laughs> yes. So name him. Name the quarterback Gus Malzahn has developed. There is not one. Exactly. Jared Siddham was regressing out multiple years at Auburn. Nick Marshall, the guy who didn't get drafted to play defensive back in the NFL. Nick Marshall. Was was a gimmick quarterback. Well, but to to be fair on Nick Marshall, Gus Malzahn developed a cornerback into a quarterback. That's pretty impressive. Into a zone read machine. That's what does, he did. does it matter? And look, it, it does, does it matter? It does because no, that's it does. Like an, it if does. you win games, it doesn't matter. That's because false. He, because he, that was in 2012, and then he hasn't done anything since with quarterbacks. <laughs> Nothing like Jared Siddham has regressed. Bo Nix is stuck in neutral. As a quarterback development, and I don't know what Bo Nex is going to be. He was so a. What really, has Josh Heupel done? He's taken Dylan Gabriel, who was ranked like the 750th prospect in the country, and threw for 3,500 yards as a true freshman. How much was that UCF? Oh, some of it. Well, absolutely, a lot of it was a game. Right. Was so competition. let's not just say he's the quarterback whisperer. Yeah, a lot of that was who UCF was playing, the system, and you're going to pass for a ton of yards because of the offense. And look, Brent's, Brent's got a good point. We can watch Dylan Gabriel's stats literally correlate to Gus Malzahn. We'll see what happens with UCF this football season with Dylan Gabriel under Gus Malzahn. Zach Reagan does bring up, oh, Sam Bradford. Sam Bradford gives a lot of credit to Gus Malzahn, who was his quarterback coach when he won the Heisman Trophy at, and Gus became Malzahn? an overall, overall draft pick at Oklahoma. What's up? You, you said Gus Malzahn, not you. I'm sorry, Josh Heupel. Josh, I, mean, I misspoke there. Thank you. Zach Reagan also adds Drew Locke, who, again, at Missouri, had back-to-back number one offenses in the SEC. Drew Locke should have been better, though, right? He shouldn't, shouldn't he have been better? You were what, – what do you what do you have to say about Drew Locke there, Austin? Drew Locke is very physically gifted. What do you have to say about Drew Locke at Missouri, Austin? I'd like you to repeat what you felt. I, okay, thank you. Uh, I think he put up a lot of numbers against Missouri State. 
and Delaware State and teams like a that. Big fat phony. Is that what you said? Yeah. And then, big fat phony. Right. So let's talk about Drew Locke of what you're arguing now and what you're arguing then. And, but I then, again have to hold you accountable. But then you saw, I heard you, I heard you sit there and terrorize Drew Locke and say how bad of a quarterback he truly is and how his entire numbers were phony. And who was he coached by? I didn't by? say he was a bad – I didn't trash him as a bad quarterback. Oh I just said he God. wasn't exactly what Austin, he was. Do not lie. I do not he, lie. I was saying Be he was Be truthful. Be yeah, truthful. I'm not – Zach, chill, okay? I'm, I did not – the whole Drew Locke thing was me knocking him down a peg, not propping him up too. False. You Drew destroyed Locke, this man live on air. And Drew Locke is a big fat phony with what he's doing in Denver. He's not no, even good. We're talking about Missouri coached by that. who? Coached by who? By Josh Heupel and Derek Dooley. He put up great numbers under Josh Heupel and not as good numbers under Derek Dooley. D Drew Locke is not that good of a quarterback. He is a very talented athlete. I, I just you can't speak out of both sides of your I'm mouth not. because it fits your, your your rhetoric now on Josh Heupel. I've been I, I consistent can't. with this. Josh Heupel got more out of Drew Locke than the Denver Broncos have. It, well, that's not what you're talking about. It doesn't matter about pros. That's not what we're talking about. This is not that show, Austin. I'm holding you accountable for what you said about Drew Locke, and now you're sitting there yes. trying to give an example about how well he was developed when you trashed the guy for only beating Missouri State and being a bad quarterback Josh and being a phony? Josh come Heupel. on, man. Josh this Heupel. is an intervention. I mean, Josh, come on. Josh Heupel got more out of Drew Locke at Missouri than Gus Melzahn has gotten out of any Auburn quarterback that's not Nick Marshall. Look, we have our P1s like Bobby hated Drew Locke three weeks ago before this. Hunt. I still don't like Drew Locke. I, I don't. Now you're giving examples on how he's good. Stop and eating your, your espresso beans while you're trying to talk on air. Stop talking about both sides of your ass, bro. <laughs> you're sitting here. You're making an argument that you have been made for years because it fits your script because you now have a new head coach of your favorite football team. What? So Dude. be quiet. Okay. All you right. sound ridiculous. People have been listening to you for years. I crashed Drew Locke, and now you're giving an example how he's well coached. Stop. Josh Heupel got Josh Heupel got the most out of Drew Locke. Nobody else has gotten anything out of Drew Locke. Nobody. Drew Locke has been doing nothing. Get out of here. Good lord. That's man. so ridiculous. It's how is that ridiculous? Drew, you I've, I've explained it, that you know it deep in your heart, Austin. All these people that have been listening to you over the years know it. I can move on. All right. A to Z Sports here live on a Tuesday. Long weekend. We're so refreshed. Okay, let's get to this. How the Vols settled on hiring Tim Banks as Josh Heupel's defensive coordinator. But first, Zach, tell everybody about Calvin and Suttle. Calvin and Suttle. Now, here's where you can kind of take a deep breath and get some brand-new hardwood floors like this. Edinburgh, nice lighter. Look, there's a little, little lighter flare to lighten up your house. CalvinandSuttle.com or 615-448-6414. That's 615-448-6414. You can go online one to two weeks after you pick up your perfect hardwood floor if you're watching live. I mean, this light shining on this, this brand new hardwood floor, I don't want it in my house. I Look. Absolutely. If you want this to upgrade the equity of your home, just give them a call one to two weeks after you pick out your perfect hardwood floor. They'll install and boom, you're out. And everybody is just 
so happy that 2021 is around and you got better hardwood floors. 615-448-6414. It is eSports here live on a Tuesday. Don't forget BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using, excuse me, wrong graphic, our bonus code ATOZ Sports to download the BetMGM King of Sportsbook app. We do have A to Z Sports picks coming up at 2 o'clock today with Alan Bell and our guy Brian Edwards, uh, and they will discuss all of the Tuesday games that you got going on. And with BetMGM, download the app, use our code ATOZ Sports to receive a risk-free bet up to $600. Bucks. Uh, with that promo code ATOZ Sports when you sign up, uh, visit betmgm.com for terms and conditions. You must be 21 years or older, must be present in Tennessee. And for gambling problem support, call the Tennessee Red Line at 800 889 9789 here on a Tuesday. And Tim Banks, hired as the Vols defensive coordinator, was the co D coordinator at Penn State. We've been waiting for two and a half weeks. For this D coordinator hire, and like, does the name Tim Banks mean anything to you, Zach, about what what this hire is? No, I mean, so I, I uh, a little inside A to Z. I'm on a message between you and our writer Zach Reagan, and you guys obviously deep into the Tennessee, uh, you know, football program and what they're doing, and a lot of good inside information that we don't report in that thread because of uh, facts checks and all that. But as I monitor that thread, you know, over the last couple of weeks, I was curious. I started to be curious. Well, they, they talked to this guy. He didn't want it. He wanted this. Uh, They, they tried here and then he had leverage to get another job. Then there was another, and they, they were just going around in circles and it just seemed like, and we talked a little bit about this last week, the defensive coordinator job for Tennessee, who have sanctions and violations looming on top of a high-octane coach that doesn't really notoriously play a lot of defense, right? He's more offensive-minded, outscore him and then, yeah. you know, and celebrate. It's a hard job to, to take for a defensive guy. Yeah, and for so sure. I, I wasn't surprised, but... You know, here we are. Tim Banks is the guy. He was a co-defensive coordinator at Penn State. Now he's a full-time at defensive coordinator. Well, and he's been a full-time D coordinator before. He was at Illinois pre-Lovey Smith, where his defense at Illinois was ranked top 50 in the country, which if you're playing defense at Illinois and you're top 50, that's decent, right? That's pretty solid for Illinois standards uh, in football bowl subdivision. Uh, he was an, a DB coach and linebackers coach um, at Maryland, spent time in Memphis a while ago. He was with Butch Jones uh, back at Central Michigan and, it's, and at Cincinnati where he called plays. So he, he's called plays as a D coordinator at three different schools, uh, Central Michigan, Cincinnati, and Illinois. He was the co-DC at Penn State but did not uh, call plays there. So Mark Taylor says Tim Banks, Banks will be a good DC for UT. He will need to help. Uh, he need help to start bringing William Martinez to coach the secondary and Banks uh, to be co DC. Kevin says looking at Penn State, uh, his numbers throughout the years, he's been successful. Um, so here's the here's the real the flow of what of how we got here with Tim Banks is that Tim Banks initially a couple weeks ago 
wasn't interested when Tennessee reached out. Then Tennessee pivoted to Matt House, who's a position coach with the Kansas City Chiefs, and this was pre-Super Bowl. So Matt House did not want to talk pre-Super Bowl. So that's when Tennessee started talking with Al Washington, who they were stuck on for a few days. Then they went after Casey Rogers, who won a Super Bowl with the Bucs as the D-line coach. Then back to House uh, with the Chiefs, who turned it down after the Chiefs gave him a raise, and they circled back to Tim Banks, and that is where they landed on Tim Banks. In all of that, at some point, they talked to Brown at Louisville and Todd Orlando at USC. And so they've talked to five or six different people Sounds about like this. Seven these, or eight. These, well, yeah, but it, it was a difficult situation to be. And I agree with, with Brent. Tim Banks is greater than Al Washington. Al Washington was at Penn, was at, at Ohio State, better reputation than what Penn State's been doing. But Tim Banks has way more experience and is known as a very strong recruiter. Now, the concern that I have about his recruiting abilities is the Midwest. He was at Memphis for two years back in 01 and 02. That's a long time ago at this point. And so I don't know what kind of ties he has in recruiting. So I do have concern over that. But as a football coach, it seems like he's well-respected and has you know, we'll see what happens. He's got experience and has success doing it, but it's been at Illinois, Cincinnati, Penn State. Why does do Tennessee fans not like Al Washington? I don't think they dislike Al Washington. Then why did he not go to Tennessee? Well, because of what we've talked about, is that Tennessee uh, is going to have sanctions popping up on them. It's a hard offense to coordinate a defense opposite of and Al Washington's in his thirties and he knows he's trying to build his resume. And does he want his first D coordinator job to be at his, in a bad situation for D coordinator? So I don't so think Tennessee the, the, fans, I think Tennessee fans would have been very excited. Yeah. About yeah, Al yeah. Washington. And that, that's the point I was getting to. So like I, Brent says, Tim Banks is greater than Al Washington. I think that's complete and utter fan BS. Because ow, Rob, ow, 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 ow. Well, I'll tell you it's because he said, no, come on. Man. That, that's the reason why. Like, come on, man. I'm speaking the truth. That's what I'm here for is to seep through the fan. Yes, but but Tim Banks has more experience. Do, Tim Banks has done the job Al Washington has not. Everybody has a story. I get it. I understand, right? You, you're good at things while I'm good at other things. I'm good at things while you're good at other things. I get that. I, I understand what you're saying. But Tennessee targeted Al Washington before Tim Banks. No, you did, you, you did not listen to what I said. Okay, here I'll go through it again. Banks was reached out to after like the Brown and Orlando. So Banks might have been like third on this list. He initially said he was not interested. Then they went to Matt House, who did not want to talk until after the Super Bowl. Tennessee did not want to wait. So then they went after Al Washington. Then they went after Casey Rogers. And then they went back to Matt House and then followed up and circled all the way back to Tim Banks. So they probably paid Tim Banks more than they initially, or why was he not interested? We don't know. We don't know. We don't know. I would like to know. I would love to know as well. We do you know how much we're getting he's getting paid? Uh I don't think Tim Banks' contract has been announced. I know they announced Tennessee announced the uh, offensive staff contracts yesterday, but I I don't I I know the uh the offensive coordinator is making seven fifty. Oh, Kelkin says 
1.2 a year. Yeah, so they didn't start with that number. So I, I look, we're just trying. I'm just trying to read between the tea leaves and figure out why. One three one four one five. That's how it goes. Yeah, I, I think why. I'm trying to get to the why, right? Okay. Look, I, I have. Uh, I'll be honest. I have no idea if Al Washington or Tim Banks or any of these guys. The fact of the matter is, whoever is in there, obviously it's Tim Banks, is going to have to recruit well and coach well. More importantly, they need good coaching on the field. They don't need a disruption of a head coach firing a defensive line coach in the middle of the season and then taking over said defensive position mm-hmm. like Jeremy Pruitt just did this past season. They need some stability. They need some reliability. They need some leadership. And they need a, a figurehead of this defense to take the reins so Josh Heupel can worry about two things, being the head coach and running the damn offense. Those are the those are the two things that he's good at yeah. or needs to be good at. I don't know whether he will be good at him, but needs to be good at. The defense does not need to be a problem. That's That was the issue of Jeremy Pruitt. Jeremy Pruitt would, went into his first head coaching job not knowing how to manage, and he was trying to manage everybody. It's an easy mistake to make. A lot of new head coaches do it. They try to do too much. Oh, well, you're not doing it my way. You're fired. I'll do it. That's not good. And eventually, Jeremy Pruitt, with all the cheating and all of that, they got him canned. Well, Jeremy Pruitt also hired Jimmy Bromball without talking to the guy. And he hired him without interviewing, which is just not the smart way to do things. Jim, Jeremy Pruitt made a litany of mistakes as the head coach of Tennessee for three years. Well, that, that was a mistake, but you, and also you're going to look back, and if Tim Banks has this defense at like 104, his ass is going to be gone here pretty quick, and we're all going to be saying, well, he was the fifth or sixth guy. What do we expect? Right? Like, I, I, I can vision it. It's happened before. It will happen again. And you know what the hard part is? Tim Banks has a really difficult job. Because, yeah, he does. He I does. mean, it, this is, I'm not going to say the hardest job in the SEC, but going into this season, that and the old Miss defensive coordinator job, real tough. <laughs> yeah, for sure. John Daniel London says Banks could end up being a good hire. A lot will depend on the staff he has around him. Hunter says Austin is right here. Actually, Tim Banks is a phenomenal hire. I didn't say that. I haven't said anything like that, though. Uh, but Hunter does continue. He's very solid, very respected by players. Uh, talk or listen to his players that, that have worked with him. He's been looked at over a few times by others. He'll be a great coach. And actually, why would you complain after three years of this train wreck of being under Pruitt's heavy-handed control? Well, and here's what I go from train wreck to phenomenal. I think that's no, a huge jump. Well, I think phenomenal is way too early to call Tim Banks phenomenal or anything. It's a ridiculous but word to use the in last, this situation. Agree. The last three years were absolutely a train wreck under Jeremy Pruitt. Agree. Um, and Tim Banks has a lot on his shoulders. The reason why he's getting 1. $1.3, 1.4, $1. $1.5 million for the next three years is because the defense is his. The defense is his to operate. Josh Heupel will let him do that. He is a what? I think that the reason why he's getting that amount of money is just because they couldn't find anybody else. But well, of course. I, I, but like, I mean, <laughs> well, yes, that's you know, the reason why he's getting one point three. But he also has 1. a lot. 5. He has a he has a lot on his shoulders. He's got a lot of responsibility of being the head coach of the defense because that's what this is going to be set up like. Josh Heupel is the head coach because he can coach and develop quarterbacks and his offenses score points. 
Tim Banks needs to get that defense to be average. If they're average, then that's good enough for the immediacy, right? I, I don't disagree with that. And, and Rob, can, will, can that happen? Can they do that? Do they have the dudes? Right now, no. Right now, no. Right now, they don't have the dudes. Let's ask this question because we have a, a big deal, small deal, or no deal question. That the Vols attempted to hire five or more different people for the DC job. Is that a big deal, small deal, or no deal? Uh, we'll ask or we'll answer those after this. The Bone and Joint Institute closed today in the Nashville area, but nobody's really doing much of anything today. But make sure you keep yourself safe because you don't want to end up at the Bone and Joint Institute after slipping on some ice or something like that. But if that does happen, if an injury does happen in life, make sure you know where to go to get the best care possible the entire process. That's the Bone and Joint Institute, boneandjointtn.org, with over a dozen doctors who specialize in whatever you might need from an injury or total joint replacement. Boneandjointtn.org is where to go. It is eSports. We've promoted it at 2 o'clock. Alan Bell of CBS Sportsline and Brian Edwards of Vegas Insider. Today at 2 o'clock, make sure your live notifications are on. A to Z Sports Picks is brought to you by BetMGM. Use the promo code A to Z Sports. I downloaded the code. I turned a $500 risk-free bet into $2,000. Now I'm starting to creep till 3. You can do that with the help. We're trying to give you help. We're all trying to win. It is a great deal. BetMGM, download the app today, but make sure you use that promo code ATOZ Sports right there on the screen. I just got Brian's picks in on the inbox, Zach, and so uh, we'll see how they do. They had a really good week last week with A to Z Sports picks uh, for sure. Okay, so the question is, the Vols attempted to hire five-plus people for the D.C. job. Is that a big deal, small deal, or no deal that they had to talk to so many different people? So let's go to the chat. Rob says big deal. Hunter says no deal. Word Doctor says big deal. Kelkin says no deal. Got a good one. Move forward. At least he didn't use phenomenal. Uh, big deal says Zach. Uh, Kevin goes no deal. Big deal from Steven. No deal from Allen. No deal now that they have a DC from David Victory. No deal from Brent. Big deal from Jacob. Nick Martinez says no deal. Big Ten Jeff says big deal means people don't want it, which is bad. Leo 88663177 goes with small deal. John Daniel says small deal with sanctions coming in the offense that will be run. Uh, that This makes that job a hard sell, which I agree with. It was not a surprise that they went through a few before finding someone. What do you think, Austin? Big deal, small deal, or no deal? Um. I, I think I agree with John Daniel London. Small deal. We talked about, we had a show about this. I think it was last week. The weeks and days are running together, but about the two reasons why it was going to be difficult for Hypo to find the DC the sanctions and the offense. And you're putting yourself in a bad situation. I completely understand while Al Washington did not want to take the Tennessee job and he say, no, I'll stay at Ohio State, be a really good linebackers coach and recruiter for another year, and then see if I find myself in a better situation next year or two years. Whatever it is, Al Washington has the ability to sit there, bolster his resume at Ohio State, maybe pick up another ring or something in the future, and then go take a better option for a, his first D.C. job. And, and Zach Reagan asked this. I, I don't know the answer to it. Did How long did it take Lane Kiffin to find a D coordinator when he got hired at Ole Miss? 
Was that a smooth process or did it, was it a little windy? Well, Lane, Hiff, Lane Kiffin got hired late in the process. You got to remember, right? As a head coach, you talking about his first year as a DC or to hire a DC? What's yeah, yeah, yeah. Cause he, well, they fired Matt Luke when they, they did not fire him immediately after the egg bowl. Correct. No, not immediately. I'd have to go check to see when Lane Kiffin was hired. Uh, I'll do that. You rack your brain still. December 7th, 2019. Oh, that's early. That's so that's an early, that's an early hire for a head coach. Actually, that's about normal. That's right after the regular season's over. It's right after conference championship weekend. So that's an early hire for a head coach or an average hire for head coach. So that's not a late hire at all. Like, like you were saying, Josh Heupel was a late hire. Well, because of the sanction, they had to vet. Yeah, right. But regardless, it's a late, it's a late hire because of the late fire. So did, did Lane Kiffin have a hard time finding a DC? Let's see. Meet the Ole Miss coaching staff, coordinators, and position coaches. This was – I don't care about your President's Day sale. Uh, January 28th, 2020. So, okay. Zach Reagan says he's hired a code coordinator on January 2nd. So not quite a month, 20-something days for Kiffin to hire a code coordinator. So look, again – it sounds like here's the difference though. Okay. Guys. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Go put your spin on it. Then there's a big difference. Yeah. Huge difference. Zach went to Ole Miss and didn't go to Tennessee. That's the difference. <laughs> I'm kidding. Go ahead. You've been in your, I'm your kidding, Tennessee dude. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. I will say publicly, they didn't have to go through as many coordinators. I'll answer the question. I'll just take it a, a step further. Vols attempted to hire five plus different people for the defensive coordinator job. Is that a big deal, small deal, or no deal? It is a no deal. They were going to have to do that. It's a bad job, guys. Just like Old Miss defensive coordinator, it's a bad job. It's not a good job. Don't take it. Like you, that, it's just set up for failure, especially with Tennessee, as we've said, unlucky and impatient. That's what Tennessee is and has been. Now. Can that change slightly? I think the luck can change. The impatience cannot. That is just something the luck can change for a while. And Tennessee has been impatient for decades. And it is just because of how much they want to win. I understand that. But it's a no deal. It should be expected that everybody turn their ass down. They've got violations looming. And an offense that's going to be stellar, which means your defense can't keep up. If you score 45 points... You can't hold teams to three. It's impossible. It doesn't happen. So it's a no deal. It's a bad job. Tim Banks just accepted a bad job. Now, can he turn that into a better job? He absolutely can. Can he improve and be and get an extension? Yes, he could. Most likely, his ass is going to get fired in three years or two. Because the defense is going to be so bad because the university and the football program is working behind the eight ball. This is the cold, cold blood truth, guys. I would say the same damn thing about Ole Miss. I went there. It's a bad job. So it's a no deal for me because it's expected. Okay. I mean, it's a, it's a small deal because Tennessee goes through the ringer publicly a lot. 
and that's it's the perception is why I bump it up to a small deal is because every time every time position coach from a different place turns down a promotion at Tennessee, uh, it always looks bad at, on Tennessee, which is why I don't think it's a no deal. I do think it's a small deal. But look, there's an opportunity for Tim Banks to oh, come yeah. in there and and look the ceiling again. He doesn't have to hold teams to just three points. At least you know he will get somewhat of the benefit of the doubt because of all of these things that we just talked about. The what will be his undoing is the unpa- the, the impatience of Tennessee. Yeah, of the the fans. A Danny well, White no, fans uh, and bo- like the fans. Yes, are impatient, but that trickles up into the board of directors and the people that run the university because the fans are the boosters and the boosters control the money. Right. Um, Jason says, how's Banks as a recruiter? He's known as a good recruiter, a strong recruiter in the Midwest. That's where his ties are. So how does that translate to Tennessee? Who knows? And that's going to be something that I think you need to pay attention to of, of how it works out. If you can recruit, you can recruit for the most part, but connections and relationships are recruiting. So that's something he's going to have to form in the other regions that Tennessee is in quickly. And look, kudos to Tennessee fans. As I went through and just destroyed that position and that, that job, our audience stayed because I think Tennessee fans, they understand this and it's okay. It's not like uh, you don't take It's not personal, right? I mean, it's just the situation that they're in, but they have to hire somebody to get them out of said position where the defensive coordinator job is not that bad of a job anymore. And, and the easiest, Banks, he's going to get paid to at least try. And the easiest way to get out of the situation Tennessee is in is score points. Everybody else is doing it except for Tennessee. So if you score points, it'll make at least the defense a little easier where if you're averaging 30 points a game, you can give up four touchdowns and at least be in the thing in the fourth quarter. That was one of the reasons why I really liked the Josh Heupel hire I, when yeah. it happened. Like I, I, we did a show that day. It was a big show. We had a massive audience, and everybody's like, "Who the hell? Why? This is awful. Don't. Why'd you go get your buddy?" And I was like, "This is the correct hire. I like it. I really did. And I have high expectations, or I have expectations for Josh Heupel. They're not eleven wins by any means, but I think that he could get to a point." where all of a sudden it's like, oh, I like watching Tennessee football again because you don't have to watch Garantano instead of throwing touchdown passes to the other team. Instead, (laughs) it's touchdown passes for the Tennessee Volunteers. Uh, It was just painful to watch those games. And nobody likes that. Look, Ole Miss lost a bunch of games this year, but it was was a hell of a ride. I loved it. I love the, the clipboard. Like Everybody saw that. Versus South Carolina, in which Ole Miss won, I loved the watching that game. That was awesome because, yeah, and we it, beat it, South Carolina. It wasn't like a huge, oh my gosh, we're going to the national championship. <clears throat> it was just fun to put up so many damn points and know. And that was a close game towards the third quarter, and then pulled away. That's what Tennessee fans just want. So I am, I will say this, I'm excited for the Tennessee fan base to start experiencing. Maybe those type of games against the Kentuckys, the Missouris, the Vanderbilts of the world. That will yeah. make them happy. Uh, and Ole Miss. They play Ole Miss in Neyland 
this upcoming fall. I think Ole Miss is going to win that game, but, you know, probably. good luck. Like, well, the over-under is going to be set at 82 and a half. <laughs> like, it's going to be nuts. Uh, and look, Lane Kiffin is more exciting than Josh Heupel from their personality standpoint, and they both score a lot of points. So Lane Kiffin plus – Lane Kiffin's personality plus scoring a bunch of points makes that that much more exciting. Josh Heupel is not going to give you the off-the-field uh, entertainment like Kiffin does. Right. I'll say one thing. So – yeah. Uh, we are not, this is not a vol show, I, but so I've got to, I've got to be honest in best case scenario and worst case scenario, right? Best case scenario is Tennessee comes out of the gate and they play like Lane Kiffin's Ole Miss team did in its first year, right? Starkville and, and Mississippi State went this way. They scored two points against Kentucky. Gross. Mike Leach would never score two points anywhere else he coached. The other worst case scenario is like a Chad Morris. Now, Chad Morris had a lot more problems off the field and on the field, and he was changing you know, a completely different offense. But Tennessee, they need to be closer to Lane Kiffin and less to Chad Morris, which I think is probably the worst-case scenario that I could think of, that had a high-powered offense at SMU and came in there and wet the bed in Arkansas. Yeah, no doubt. A to Z Sports here live. On this Tuesday, Zach, it is that time for Trivia Tuesday. We need, we're sitting at 72.5%. We need to go 8-2 and two this week, next week, and the week after that to get to our 75% number. We've got some work to do. Uh, but first, tell everybody about Wilson County Hyundai. Yeah, Wilson County Hyundai. I drive a 2012 Hyundai Sonata. I absolutely love it. It is the most reliable car I've ever had in my life. I've had it for nine years, going on 10 years. I love it. Change the oil consistently. It gives me the same back. I can drive it. It is just unbelievable. I've had zero problems. I'll knock on wood just for the luck. I don't want any, you know, the, the Tennessee luck over the last couple of years. I want good luck, and I've had good luck. You can have good luck by driving a Hyundai. And they have in stock 2021 Hyundai Palisades. This is their brand new SUV. Austin and I have both test drove yeah, each of them. We've gotten the luxury side of it. It is efficient. It is awesome. You and your family will absolutely love it. Cost effective too. You say you heard about us, or you heard about the car on A to Z Sports. They'll hook you up with an unbelievable deal. I promise you that. That's WilsonCountyHyundai.com. It is these sports. Don't forget, bet MGM, the king of sports books. Download the app, sign up, use our bonus code ATOZ Sports, and you get a risk free $600 bet. Well, up to $600 uh, with the promo code ATOZ Sports when you download and sign up for the bet MGM app. Uh, I just saw this the Preds Stars game for tonight also postponed, which is unfortunate because if you uh, fade the Preds, you win money. And so I was going to do that last night, but weather in Dallas is actually worse than weather in Nashville. So the Preds stars delayed again, but you can still win. And we've got A to Z sports picks with Alan Bell and Brian Edwards coming up later today at 2 p.m. Central time. They've got NBA picks for you tonight. A to Z sports picks brought to you by BetMGM, 2 o'clock Central time today. And Zach, let's get to A to Z, our trivia, our sports trivia that we do every Tuesday to wrap up the show. Ten questions. We need an eight and two day today. Let's do it. Uh, yes, we do. All right. So this will we'll start out. There's some NFL question, and then we've got some tough questions. But we are going to start out with 
somewhat of an easy question, and that is, what is Bill Parcells' nickname? Uh, tuna. The Big Tuna. I do know that. I, look, yes. I just read them. Unfortunately, it is. Uh, unfortunately, we don't have... Uh, the chat doesn't need to help us on this. Yes. It is the Big Tuna. The so big we're starting tuna. out 1-0. That's a good start. We need that. It is a good start. Here's a little bit more difficult question in the NBA. Blake Griffin's older brother, and Blake Griffin now in the news because he's being traded from the Detroit Pistons, Blake Griffin's older brother, Taylor Griffin, played one season with which NBA team in 2009 to 2010? So that season. Blake Griffin's older brother, Taylor, played one season with which NBA team in 2009-2010? This, my friends, is a little bit more difficult. It is. I remember Blake and Taylor Griffin together at Oklahoma in college. I do, too. I remember that season. And yeah. Blake, when he was drafted, the one year he had the stress fracture in his kneecap sat out. And then well, won the rookie of the year the following season once fully healthy. Which I believe is they both. I believe they both left Oklahoma the same year. Zach says, "Wasn't it the Clippers?" So Kyle, we all know Blake got drafted by the Clippers, right? So Kyle, Kevin, and uh, Zach Goodman say the Clippers. Phoenix Suns sounds right from Demarcus. Uh, I don't know why. I just see Taylor Griffin in a Phoenix Suns jersey. That that sounds right to me, and I and I don't know why, but that's I I personally do not know this question. I don't know the answer. We've got a Dustin says I feel like he played at Phoenix as well. Yeah, we got a couple Phoenix. I think I think it's the Phoenix Suns. Do we want to go with it? I think so. I I think uh, a boy on YouTube, uh, Demarcus, is is right with Phoenix. Let's All go. Right, lock it in. Final A to Z, Phoenix Suns. The correct answer is the Phoenix Suns. All right, huge right there. No googling, by the way. No googling for any new people watching no, A to Z sports trivia. No googling. Do not be that guy. We will weed you out and. Put you on a, I, a I saw, I will. Mute. I will says Wiki says Suns. I will do not do that again. Luckily, we had already locked in the Suns before you commented that. I will do we'll, not we'll go there. You. I don't want to mute you. I will, and we can do that. And so, I will. You watch the show consistently, so maybe this is your first trivia stint. But all right, we're two and zero. Two and zero. All right, a little bit more difficult question. This is a Major League Baseball question. Who is known as Charlie Hustle? Major League Baseball, who is known as Charlie Hustle? Pete Rose. That's easy. I didn't did, know that. You didn't know that? No. I'm shocked. Pete Rose, final A to Z, lock it in. That is correct. How yeah. did I not you didn't know, know that? Pete Rose was named nicknamed Charlie Hustle? I had no what idea. Kind of, I mean, obviously wasn't card... alive in the Big Red Machine, but what kind of sports card collector are you? Well, I don't like Pete Rose. I think he's a <laughs> son of a you know what. But yeah, that's fine. But you also know his nickname is Charlie Hustle. I did not. Interesting. Three zero. Okay, everybody else besides Zach knew that. That is crazy. That I feel. I feel awkward. Yeah, you should. That's the the easiest thing we've had in a long time. 
I wouldn't have gotten that correct. It's Pete Rose, Charlie Hustle is like as mainstream as a nickname gets. It's like Dr. J. It's the same thing. All right, go ahead. Fourth question. Okay. Uh, as uh, we've done the, we've done that. Um, let's see. Here's another baseball question. In baseball, what is another name for a walk? Base on balls. It's got to be. It's got to be base on balls. What else would it be? Because that's what it is in the score sheet. Have you ever kept score for a baseball game? I have. Yeah. Okay. Base on balls. Final A to Z to get to five and zero. Oh. Base on balls. Yeah. Obviously. BB. Look at this. We are we are flying through the first five questions of this. Wait, is that just four? Well, we've gotten Blake, Big Tuna, Base on Balls, Charlie Hustle. So just four. That was four. Okay. I, I, yeah. We're four now. We're four now. Yeah, it's just four. Okay. Base on Balls. We're good. Four now. Let's let's roll. The infamous Zidane headbutt happened in which World Cup? So, do you remember the headbutt? 2006. Is the, it's either 2006 or 2010. I think it's 06. I don't know. But I remember the headbutt. Anybody? <laughs> like, I, I think it's either... I think it's 2010. I think it's six. I think it's 06. Wait, you think it's 10 or six? I, I, meant, I meant to say six. 2006, because I was in college in the 2010 one, and that was not the same one. 2006. O, 06, final A to Z. 06, final A to Z. The correct answer is... Can I go back and find it? Oh, come on. 2006. Boom. 5-0. and 5-0 oh. oh start here on this Tuesday trivia. We need to keep racking this thing up because we got to get to 8-2 and two somehow, and 5-0 and oh starts a great one. Uh, we'll keep – we got five more questions, but real quick, let me tell you more about Mandu, the Pulse of Fitness, where one 15-minute workout equals five-plus hours in the weight room. Mandu.com, your first workout is absolutely free. Uh, it's a full-body electronic muscle stimulation workout. It's fantastic. Zach and I have been doing it for a couple of years now. It really does build actual functional true muscle. Helps you get rid of that hard-to-burn body fat. And if you want to achieve your fitness goals this year, Mandu needs to be about it. Mandu.com, your first workout is absolutely free. All right, we move on with A to Z Sports Trivia. We are rolling right along. Who is the who was the MVP of Super Bowl 20 between the Chicago Bears and the New England Patriots? So this was the 85 Bears that was played in New Orleans and the Bears stomped the Patriots. But who was the MVP of that Super Bowl? So Walter Payton did not score a touchdown, the Fridge Perry did. Yeah. It was, yeah, what um Mike Singletary was all over the field. Uh, Richard Dent from Donald sounds like a, and Steven also with Richard Dent. That sounds correct. I think I think it was definitely it wasn't Fridge, it wasn't William Perry. Um, we've got multiple McMahons. Jim McMahon doesn't feel like a Super Bowl MVP. I feel like Richard Dent makes the most sense. Then you have like three sacks. Richard Dent is the most popular answer. 
And there's some people that just said that are very confident sounding in Richard Dent. We want to go with that. Yeah, I think it's Richard Dent. Puka, who's usually really good at this, says no parry or sweetness. Um, I think Richard Dent, final A to Z. God, we keep losing these. The correct answer is Richard Dent. Boom. Okay. All right, let's keep going. All right, next question. Michael Jordan, what is MJ's career high in scoring? Like in a game? Yes, it has to be. He scores six. I was going to say 65. Donald says 63. I know he scored 63. Well, he scored 63 in 1987 against the... Celtics in the playoffs. No Googling reminder. No Googling. No Googling because we, we've got multiple 63s. Um, I know like that. I, I mean, I've watched that game multiple times. Is that it? DeMarcus I, I, has been on it a couple times. He goes with 69. We got a couple other 69 answers. This is tough. Because Ronnie, Ronnie's usually a reliable NBA guy. Um, Kevin says he likes 66. Like, I, I think it's more than 63 for some Jesse reason. with a 69. I want to say it is 69. I think that make because it's not 70. 70, because you have 181. Didn't Will, Will also had 70. Huh? Will, Will had 70 as well at some point. 69 against the Cavs, Ronnie says. Ronnie sounds right. Do we go? Do we, I think 69 is the answer to go to. 69 final A to Z. Is that where we're going? Yeah, yeah. That's what I did. Final A to Z. The correct answer is 69. All right. Nice. All right, let's keep it going. You can't talk about it yet. Let's keep it going. Who won the American League Manager of the Year Award in 2012? What kind of question is this? (laughs) Well, it's not going to be all big tuna softballs or Charlie Hustles. Yeah, you didn't know that. Okay. AL Manager of the Year in 2012. So let's go and no think Googling, about no who Googling. won the World Series then, right? Which is really tough to now think about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Donald says Ron. The names just make me laugh. Ron Washington with the Texas Rangers. Tony LaRusa. Joe Washington, <laughs> cocaine cowboy, right there. Yes, Joe Madden, the White Sox coach, who was uh, oh god, what was that guy's name? Who was just a Ozzie Gian, Ozzie Gian, yeah, Joe Girardi, Bobby Valentine, 
2012 Cardinals against the Red Sox. See, here's where I struggle is I can't keep AL versus NL straight. And that's that it's AL. And that's something we have to remember. And I, and I weak spot here, AL versus NL big weak spot. What naming the difference of teams? Yes. Of who's in the AL and who's in the NL. Like I actually, I have to really, do you know, huh? Do you know where Washington nationals AL or NL? AL. Wrong. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I just thought it might be an opposite because nationals national league would make too much sense. (laughs) But I, again, like I, I have to really, really think about it in order to do this. That's pretty funny. <laughs> it's a big weak spot. Big weak spot for me. So AL are the White Sox in the AL? Was yes, it? They are. It was the A's manager. Can't remember the name in Moneyball. The A's were good during that. But that's that's we're not we're talking about manager of the year, not. Um, yeah, I know the A's did not win the. They, they would. They had that unbelievable season that fell short. Yeah, but I don't know who their actual manager was. Like their bench manager, Dustin says Bob something. I don't. No, I don't that's know. you're talking. About, you're thinking about Billy Bean. Billy Bean was the general manager, not like the bench coach manager. I know we're trying to go for the A's bench coach manager, right? And I don't. I don't. Bob Melvin. I think, yeah, I think we need, who are, who are the names? Terry Francona. Grady Little. (laughs) Bob Melvin. Do we want to go Bob Melvin? I am. I have to be out on this. Somebody else has to lock it in. I say I'm locking in Bob Melvin. Because I think it was the A's. Yeah, well, the Moneyball was like way. I read the hold on time. I read the Moneyball book and the money. I'm not talking about the Moneyball. I'm talking about the A's specific season. This was right around the time they were really, really good. It's not Bob Melvin. Alex Doherty said the World Series that year he thinks was Cardinals Red Sox. So Terry Francona would be an option there. Or Tony Larusa. AL manager of the year. Okay, that's right. So Terry Francona. That Rob says he goes Melvin. Melvin or Francona? I I I wanted to lock in Melvin. Okay, fine. Lock in Melvin, whatever. Or Ozzy Guillen, I don't know. Ozzy, what, what, what are we doing? Final A to Z on Bob Melvin for who cares? Don't who cares this? Don't I, be I don't, the I don't, don't be it. the sour no, don't be the sour guy I, I, that gets well, mad because he doesn't know. But the, no, because I'm not getting mad. I'm just I have to lock it in. That's my role in trivia, and I have no idea. So like I, I don't know. Bob Melvin final A to Z. That's what everybody in the chat's saying. The correct answer is Bob Melvin. All right. All right. I'll be honest, I think somebody Googled that. No. I don't think so because we it took us a while to figure out who Bob Melvin's name was. It was Bob something for a while. Then somebody came up with Melvin. So Bob Melvin. Just make sure nobody Googles, okay? I'm looking like Ron Washington's early. Um I think I think we're good on that. I think we I think we're passing that. Next question. In what year were the LA Galaxy founded? Well, don't you get upset every time you don't know the answer. And then when you do, you're like 2006. 
<laughs> like the extremes of your emotion because i i sit there and watch your yeah, face after I, I, I ask the question I and know. it's like oh god, god mls oh 2001 like when was mls founded i have no idea alex galaxy was the first team right so it is 1997 or in the first crop of teams right yeah they would not do mls without la so it's whenever MLS was founded. Definitely in the 90s. People say in the 90s. Is it that old? 97? Okay, so we, we people say the 90s. We just need a, a specific year. So I, everybody keeps saying sometime <laughs> in the late 90s. Late 90s. 90s is not the correct answer. So 94, the World Cup, that was a big year for the World Cup. That was also hosted in L.A. Yes, correct. Because yeah, I used to play a Sega video game because the mascot of that was a dog. Because I remember it was not founded in '94. I think it was founded in like '97 or '98. Or John Daniel London says '96, the year I would graduate high school. That's the That's best a memorable thing we've got moment. To- Okay, Dean says it was formed when you were in seventh grade. So, Dean, what year were you in seventh grade? Help us out here. We're kind of all over the place. I, we're very now. Let's find out if if Dean and uh, uh, and John Daniel can figure something out here. If John, if Dean was in seventh grade the same year that John Daniel graduated high school, then we can figure that out. Atlanta Olympics were ninety six, but the World Cup in LA was before that in ninety four. But that's not when the galaxy was. Created. I understand that. So people were. I want to say it's later than 94 and it's later than 96. I want to say it's 98. Oh. I say we should go 96. I, I feel like the World Cup created was a jumping off point for the MLS. 96? Yeah, let's go final A to Z 96. One year off, 1995. So nobody, nobody guessed that. Well, yeah, Kevin was like 94 or 95, but so how many is that? We are now eight and one. We were really close. Damn. Have we gone undefeated before? No. Well, (laughs) but we got to our eight. Now we just really need this to give us some cushion. All right, let's hit it. Okay. We go with, Golf. Which golfer is nicknamed El Nino? El Nino. (laughs) Shout out Chris Farley. (laughs) El Nino. El Nino. El Nino. El Nino. Sergio Garcia. I mean, it does. It has that flair. El Nino. We got that doesn't I don't remember Sergio having a nickname. I just thought he was Sergio. I thought he was Sergio too. Have, people are saying I mean, everybody is saying Sergio Garcia. So is that that obvious? Is this like Charlie Hustle? <laughs> it seems like it is because everybody's saying Sergio like, Garcia. Do you guys know that? Or is it just an obvious guess? Because Dustin says it's Sergio lock it all right, in. All right, Dustin. Sergio, final A to Z. Lock it in El Nino. The correct answer 
is Sergio Garcia. All right. Power to the people. Nine and one. I learned Nine a couple of things about nicknames today on this show. You sure did. Let's see. We are now. Let's see. I got to do math to figure out where we're at. El Nino. Man, I wish we could pull that clip. I want to hear it. That was okay. big. Hey, hey! shout out to the chat right there to bring us home strong. Nine and one is a great performance. All right, so we're back up to 75%. But we, we need, we are 60 of 80. So we need 15 out of the next, uh, we bought ourselves some cushion. 15 of 20 is how we have to finish over the next two weeks. I think that's easy. That's doable. It's just when we run into, I mean, there's some tough questions down the stretch that will be like, you know, how many touchdowns did, you know, Jamarcus Russell throw? Uh, that's going to be a tough one. Mm -hmm. So, all right, we, we put ourselves in a good spot. We're 60 of 80. So we're in a good spot. Uh, it's good, solid, successful day. So now Kevin's linking golf channel uh, videos of how Sergio Garcia got the nickname El Nino. Great. great right? Watch that on your own time. All right. Great, great follow-up. We are out of here. Don't forget A to Z Sports Picks coming up today at 2 p.m. Alan Bell and Brian Edwards, our guys, giving you some picks uh, for tonight. They get NBA action going on. A lot of uh, postponements in other sports and college basketball and hockey, that's for sure, because of weather. So A to Z Sports Picks at 2 p.m. They will give you some winners. They won a lot last week, right, Zach? Yeah, I was on I was on the majority of their picks last week and I won some money. I'm telling you, I, I'm I'm building I'm, that going, bank. I'm trending up. That's right. That's right. All right, guys. We will see you tomorrow morning. Don't forget A to Z Sports Picks at two. Uh Buck Rising back with prime time at 8 p.m. Central Time. We'll see you guys tomorrow. Have a good one. Adios. Stay home.